I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 395 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, for those of you loyal listeners out there, you hear me talk quite a bit about how I drive for Uber and Lyft on the weekends, and today's guest has built his entire platform around the ride-sharing experience. Harry Campbell is well-known in the industry for his leading blog and podcast, the ride share guy. Harry has shared his expertise about the ride sharing industry with appearances in media outlets such as the New York Times, CNET, BuzzFeed, and NPR. He is a contributing tech writer for Forbes. Whenever I want to know what is going on with the latest updates with Uber and Lyft, Harry Campbell is the guy I turn to. And just a few weeks back while I was driving for Uber, I got a notification that the CEO of Uber was interviewed by Harry on the Rideshare Guy podcast. He conducted a great interview, and I thought it would be awesome to have Harry on my podcast. So if any of you dads out there hustle Uber and Lyft as a side gig like I do, or you use Uber and Lyft as a rider, I hope this episode finds you well. Harry Campbell will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Harry Campbell was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Rideshare Guy and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and just a few weeks ago, I was a guest on the Rideshare Guy podcast. So if you guys are interested in hearing more about my experience as an Uber driver, go check out my interview on the Rideshare Guy podcast. The link to that episode is down in the description of today's podcast episode as well. All right, and Wednesday, I'm going to be joined here on the podcast by Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs is the host of Lou Dobbs Tonight on Fox Business. He is extremely knowledgeable. He's been in the game for a very long time. Don't miss out on that episode. Be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who else will be joining me here on the podcast. And if you guys are enjoying the show here, please consider leaving me a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is you enjoy listening to the show. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with the rideshare guy, Harry Campbell. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Today's episode is being brought to you by Manscaped. And dads, 2020 has been a year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing that you can control, and that is shaving that area that made you a dad in the first place. My sponsors over at Manscaped.com are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premier electric trimmer that is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology, so you never have to worry about scratching those love spuds while you're giving yourself a smooth shave. The Lawnmower 3.0 is included in the Perfect Package 3.0, and for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you're going to get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. And let me tell you something right now, guys. The Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs are the best pair of drawers I've ever put on. So what are you waiting for? Visit Manscaped.com. Use my promo code FATHER. You're going to save 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's 20% off your order plus get free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the promo code FATHER and get rid of those short hairs in your short pants today. Joining me now, First Class Father, Harry Campbell. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. I'm excited to be here and chat. All right, let's kick it off like this here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? 
I've got two kids. One is two and a half and the other is almost four months. So actually tomorrow will be his four month old birthday. Wow. Okay. You got a boy and a girl or two boys, two boys. All right. We try for that girl anytime soon here. or That's off the table. I think we're definitely leaning towards having a third kid and ideally it would be a girl so that we can have, you know, at least one of each. But, uh, you know, you, you never know what happens. You can't control these things. You probably love them just as much either way. But uh, definitely looking at probably three, I think will be the right number. I think the dynamics are a lot of fun when you have three kids. Very cool. Yeah. They, they, my kids say you get what you get. You don't get upset. So we had our three boys first. Then we got our girl on the fourth try. If not, we probably have five by now, most likely. But yeah, um, that's what I'm a little worried about. If we, if we do have a third boy, I don't know. Then it'll be tempting to go for that. Now fourth you're locked girl. in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys do any kind of like gender reveal or anything to find out what you were having or did you wait to the end? So for the first one, I think we did kind of the normal, I think we did, you know, a little baby shower and at the party, I think we did something, you know, a cake. I don't, I don't even remember it, to be honest, not really my uh, forte, but I, mean, I think my wife planned something small. And then for this one, we actually, for the second one, we actually waited. And so it was a surprise when the baby was born. I think I might've even been the first one to know if it was a boy or a girl, you know, cause I was down there, you know, ready, ready to catch the baby. <laughs> wow. Very cool. Yeah. Maybe for the next one, you could do a thing where you order a ride share if it's an uber it's a boy if it's a lift it's a girl maybe something like that you know that'd be pretty uh, that, cool. that, i actually that is, that is not a bad idea yeah maybe i'll integrate my uh, into my youtube channel or something like that <laughs> yeah that'd be great all right listen if you could harry please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do Sure. So my name, uh, as you mentioned, is Harry Campbell. I'm the founder and CEO of The Rideshare Guy. So it's really, you know, what I call a, a media business. I mean, it's small, but we've got a blog, podcast, YouTube channel, course, book for drivers, primarily gearing our content towards Uber and Lyft drivers and others in the gig economy. So right now in the middle of this pandemic, food delivery is obviously very popular on both the consumer and the courier side. So actually, I would say probably seven or eight of our top articles and top videos right now all have to do with delivering food, whether it's uh, food uh, from restaurants for services like Postmates, DoorDash, and Uber Eats, or groceries for Instacart, or packages for Amazon Flex. A lot of options out there and a lot of things that need to be delivered and a lot of uh, work opportunities there too. Yeah, and Harry, I really uh, appreciate and admire the work that you're doing. I love the hustle that you put into everything that you got going on over there. And uh, you know, for me, I've been driving Uber and Lyft for over five years. Before that, I, I drove. Uh, I've been driving a regular cab for like you know almost twenty years. I've been doing it on and off. Wow. So um, I transitioned to it, and I really love it. I think it's a great way to do it. But I know now, you know, there's so many more people doing it. A lot of kids are using it. What's encouraging for me to see is I drive around. Uh, I see a lot of the college kids that use it, and it's great that they're not drinking and driving, but sometimes they make some boneheaded decisions here um, when they're getting into the car. So I know a lot of kids are going back to college now. Parents are sending them off for the first time. Well, what kind of advice do you have for parents out there to prepare their kids that are going to be to keep them safe while they're using rideshare while away at school? Yeah. Well, I would even take one step back. And as you've probably experienced, Alec, uh, you know, a lot of parents actually send their teenagers into ride shares on Uber and Lyft. So, you know, high schoolers, um, you know, I, I don't know that it's too many middle schoolers, but definitely a lot of high schoolers is a preferred method. And a lot of kids these days aren't even getting their driver's license. They're just taking Ubers. And what's interesting, especially for the driver community, that it's actually against the terms of service to give a ride to a minor, even though these rides happen all the time. And I think really what it gets at is this larger sort of thing that I, I guess I would say I built my whole business around is the fact that a lot of people get into driving for Uber and Lyft to make a few bucks, to have some fun, to have some conversations. And you can have all of that, but 
you are actually running a business. And that's really what I try to coach, help and teach all of my drivers, everyone working in the gig economy, frankly, because when shit hits the fan, that's when you kind of need to be prepared. That's when you need to be ready. You could go out and give a thousand Uber rides and nothing will go wrong. That's very you know, plausible. But things do happen. Things go wrong. And if you're not sort of prepared for some of those situations, I think that you can get into real big trouble, whether it's with minors or you know, college aid specifically, I think that it definitely is a valuable service for a lot of those folks, you know, in the college age, you know, or even just a little older going out to bars. And so I think that it's important to kind of uh, use the services responsibly, but at the same time, you know, it's great to not drink and drive, but it also shouldn't be an excuse to go out and get completely plastered and have 30 drinks in one night, which, you know, frankly, I, I think that there's a lot of positives to Uber and Lyft, but I think that you could argue there are some negatives like that, right? That if you know you have a guaranteed ride at the end of the night, instead of maybe only having one or two drinks, you're going to go out and binge drink and have five or have 10. So I think just kind of balancing all the positives and negatives is important. Yeah, well said. And I do see that a lot. I mean, I drive mainly only on Friday and Saturday night uh, until the mm -hmm. bars close. And it's it really is a shit show out there at the end of the night from <laughs> what I'm seeing. And what would you what would you say is like uh, you, you've been doing this now for quite a long time. Well, what is like the biggest complaint and the biggest thing that you see that people love about driving for the ride shares? Sure. So the biggest complaint is definitely that drivers don't get paid enough. And I think that, you know, maybe that's not even unique, though, to Uber and Lyft drivers. I think everyone wants to make more money. Everyone's often complaining that they don't make enough money. So I don't know that that's super unique. And then, you know, at the end of the day, frankly, this is, you know, sort of what you would call frontline work or even service work. I mean, you're dealing with customers. And so you're not going to make as much as a software engineer working for Google. That's kind of obvious. But at the same time, I think that a lot of drivers, like I said, they get into this casually. And I think that there's this impression that Uber and Lyft drivers are very well paid. And I guess what I would say is that they actually can be. Um, and that's kind of what my business is really about. It's helping drivers understand that if you know what you're doing, where you're going, where you're driving, the types of rides to look for, the types of services even to drive for, diversifying your income, these are all sort of the principles that we teach on my site because you can actually out earn other drivers. And there was a study that recently came out in Seattle that used uh, actual data from both Uber and Lyft on the earnings side. So these are real numbers. And uh, what they found is that some drivers during the same one week, they looked at one week of driving, some drivers actually earned 10, under $10 an hour for that week and other drivers earned $40 an hour or more, right? So obviously that's the extreme low end and extreme high end, but I think it sort of highlights the fact that if you don't know what you're doing, there are drivers literally making four to five five times as much as you are, right? And so I'm always just trying to help drivers accelerate that learning curve, accelerate that experience. And so I think if you really treat it like a business, if you treat it like something um, that you can take advantage of and learn and you'll make more money, then, you know, that com those complaints of low pay, I think, start to dissipate. But frankly, you know, running a business is not for everyone and Uber, driving for Uber and Lyft is a business. So it's not going to be for everyone. It's not just something that you can come in and from day one, you're going to be making a ton of money that it's sometimes requires a little bit of work you know finding the right hours finding the right strategies and all that yeah it's definitely a hustle and i do hear that from a lot of people that uh that, that get in the car that want to drive they think it's kind of like almost like a get rich quick kind of <laughs> scheme or something like that and, and i came from a background of driving a taxi beforehand so i kind of knew before going into this what it's all about and how to hustle it so it's, it's definitely a learning curve for the people that are doing this for for the very first time 
Yeah. And I guess I would say that it also is important what you're trying to get out of it. Right. I mean, I think most people are doing it. I would say everyone is doing it for the money. No one's going to do, you know, to go drive for Uber and live for free. But I think some people obviously have much greater incentives to go out. You know, maybe they're the only breadwinner in their family. Right. And they need to work 40, 50 or 60 hours a week for them. That income is literally, you know, like life or death. Right. Versus others. You know, there are. Uh, and one of the interesting things about driving is that, you know, most drivers are actually doing 10 to 20 hours a week or less, right? Because it is such a, you know, I mean, frankly, it is kind of easy job, you know, relatively to others. Uh, it is flexible. And so you get to take advantage of a lot of the, you know, the less you drive, the more you get to take advantage of the flexibility, for example. And so we do see a number of drivers who are combining this income with, let's say, social security or, you know, another job or they're retired and their wife just wants them out of the house, right? There, there are a lot more kind of what I would call, you know, fun reasons that you could go out and drive. And still, you're probably going to be doing it for the money. But if you kind of are just, you know, if you just want to get out of the house for two hours a night and you aren't as concerned with how much you're making, you know, you want to make, let's say, 10 to 20 bucks an hour, but you don't care about maximizing every last penny and, you know, sort of being as as cutthroat as possible. I think that's also, you know, that's Uber and Lyft is a great job for those people, too. Right. It kind of just depends on your situation. So what I often tell people is it's important to kind of do your due diligence and do your research and, you know, read sites like mine, listen to podcasts like yours. I'm sure you've shared some experience about your driving. But then at the end of the day, you know, the barrier to entry and the risk is just so low to getting signed up with these services and trying out. Ultimately, you know, I think you want to go in and try it out, do it for a while and see how it works for you. Yeah, good stuff. And I think that's great advice. I think you just get your feet wet a little bit. See if you, you, you'll know right away whether or not it's something for you or yeah. not. Many people, they know within the first day or two whether this is something they want to try or not. Yeah. And and I mean, that's the other thing, too, right? From day one, you know, I tell people you don't want to go and start on Super Bowl Sunday, right? That probably shouldn't be your first day of Uber (laughs) driving, right? And you probably shouldn't be that concerned with trying to maximize your income from day one, right? Treat it as a learning opportunity. You'll start in somewhere, you know, our advice is actually um, my number one piece of advice. One of our most popular YouTube videos is to actually take a ride as a passenger before you ever go out and ride as a uh, give a ride as a driver because you get to learn about the app and see how it works. And, you know, you basically get to chat with a driver about their experience. It's only one person, but that's kind of that good intro. And then from there, you start somewhere slow, uh, you know, in a slow area, slow time, maybe a Tuesday afternoon in your home city, you know, some area that you're familiar with. So if you get nervous and flustered by the navigation on the app, the guy says, oh, I'm going to Applebee's down the street. You're like, oh, I live here. I know where that Applebee's is, for example. So actually, uh, you know, the way that I wrote my book, and we just released a a training course for drivers at MaximumRidesharingProfits.com, which is the longest URL name ever, but uh, people can probably find it really the way that we structured the course and the book is to sort of take you from the before phase like hey i'm thinking about driving okay what are the considerations there to your first trip to your first week to your first month and then sort of scale up from there yeah really good stuff i'm going to definitely include a link in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners i got a lot of dads that hit me up i mean dads are always looking for ways to make extra money for their families they want to know and they hear me talk that i drive so they want to know more about it so this is a great resource for them And, and, and bringing it back to you as a dad here um how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life and how has it been running the rideshare guy while being a father All right, dads, are you ready to get your side hustle on? I've been driving with Uber for over five years now, and it is a phenomenal way to bring in some extra income for your family. And if you've ever considered driving for Uber, why not take advantage of their sign-up bonus by using my promo code 99N9K. 
I'm also going to drop a link in the description of today's podcast episode. Just tap the link. It'll bring you right to Uber Driver's sign-up page. And as long as you meet with the terms and conditions, you get a bonus and I get a bonus. A fair exchange is no crime. So what are you guys waiting for? Get out there and start making a little side money with Uber and use my promo code 99N9K and start making some extra income for your family today. Um, how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life and how has it been running the rideshare guy while being a father? Yeah. So I would say that the biggest thing, the biggest change when we had my firstborn son, so George, um, he, he was born uh, January 18th, uh, two years ago. So our He's two and a half now, so I guess three years ago, uh, you know, almost calendar years. <laughs> and um, so I, I think the biggest change that happened for me was I felt like I had a larger sense of responsibility for the family. And I don't know that there was any one quantitative thing like, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. It just seemed like now I have another human being that is very, rel- you know, reliant on my services, on my time, on my money. And I think that that sort of just led me to think about a lot of more, you know, consideration, things that I had been putting off in the past, like getting life insurance and getting will and trust, you know, kind of more on the financial side versus just this feeling that, you know, like I'm responsible for this human. It's now on me to make sure that he's okay, you know, to really like think about like how he's growing up, how I should treat him. Should I be nice to him? But if I'm too nice, then he takes advantage of me, you know, and really just kind of like take ownership of that. And so that's kind of the one thing that I think I kind of look at it almost like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur by heart. And, you know, I've done lots of different businesses. Obviously, now I'm running the rideshare guy, but I'm always trying to work on new and different and exciting projects. And I think, frankly, having a kid is a lot like that. There's always something new that you have to figure out. And it's always a challenge, but it's very rewarding when you see something come to fruition that you've been striving to and you can set goals. And when they achieve those goals, um, it's very uh, rewarding. And so I think in a lot of ways, I guess I would say that I've sort of done my my parenting style is very similar to how I run my business. And so far, so good with the rideshare guy. We'll see how my kids turn out <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome perspective there uh, and, and harry i would i would say that um you know uh having kids now being an entrepreneur uh, what type, what would you say then are the top values you're hoping to instill in your kids as they grow up well, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's funny for me because my kid, my kids are so young. And so I'm, I'm definitely thinking about a lot of the values that I want to instill in them. And, you know, just the other day I was talking to my friend about, you know, sort of, oh, you know, when we grew up, we didn't have this, we didn't have that. And so how do we make sure that our kids don't grow up too soft or that they don't, you know, grow up with nice vacations or a nice house? You know, we still want them to be grounded. What type of schooling, you know, public school should they go to? And so I think that I've been, you know, sort of, I'm still figuring out a lot of those considerations, to be frank, but to sort of answer your original question, which uh, I I forgot, what was it? (laughs) What top values that you hope to instill in them growing up? Yeah, so I think right now, I mean, probably the obvious ones, you know, that I think mimic myself, you know, sort of empathizing with other people. Um, You know, I think one thing that, you know, I'm here in Los Angeles and, you know, there are certain areas and parts of L.A. that are very nice. And, you know, I guess you would say well off, higher socioeconomic areas, whatever you want to call it, nice areas, right, rich areas, right. And I think that, you know, my business has led us to be very successful in life so far. And I think that I really want my sons to be grounded. And I think 
think just kind of understand and see different viewpoints, right? So he may go to, you know, like I probably won't put him in private school, for example, but let's say he goes to a public school in a good area, you know, maybe most of his friends are, you know, well off or better off. I still want him to understand, you know, that there are people not so well off. And maybe that's going to come through things like volunteering. Like I used to deliver food with my dad when I was little to South Central and South parts of Los Angeles. Maybe it comes through sports because one of the things that I love about sports is, you know, the best players in any given sport. It doesn't matter what your background is, right? If you're the best at basketball or volleyball, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, you can get to college, right? If you're literally the best player in the country, right? So I think looking for some of those kind of equalizing forces, whether it's sports or volunteering or, you know, just whatever they may be. And again, you know, I'm still sort of figuring out, but those are a couple of the, the values that I think would be important for, uh, for my, for my kids. Yeah, very well said, Harry. And, and you know, I know that you uh, spoke with the CEO of Uber on the Rideshare Guy podcast there. It popped up while I was driving Uber. Hey, listen nice. to uh, the discussion. Um, what what I, I, I have it in the queue. I started listening at the beginning. I didn't listen all the way through just yet. Where is Uber? What are the new exciting things that are coming for the future here of Uber? Um, uh, you know, what do we have to look forward to here as drivers or as, as riders? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, in general, sometimes, I mean, right now is an interesting time because, you know, demand is way down. Uh, for the most part, you know, Uber was doing, I think I want to say eight or nine million rides a day worldwide at the end of last year. And demand is down maybe 75% from last year. But that still means, you know, the company is doing millions of rides every day, right? And I think as you yourself have experienced, if you're still driving, there are still rides happening. There's a lot of rides happening just relative to last year. There are a lot less. So I think that, you know, kind of coming forward as things start to get back to normal, I think we will see demand pick up. I think on the driver's side, though, I think with so many people being unemployed, you know, frankly, the gig economy is kind of built or designed for a lot of people who need quick or fast or easy access to cash, someone who just got laid off or whatever it might be or doesn't have a job or is unemployed. And so I think, frankly, I think there's going to be a lot more competition on the driver's side. I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing for drivers, but I do think it creates an opportunity in that it means drivers are going to have to focus more than ever on standing out, right? On kind of staying ahead of the curve, on looking at other opportunities, or even, you know, the thing that I love most about Uber and Lyft is leveraging it to build your own business or to leveraging it to build, you know, like a podcast audience like you have with your driving, right? Kind of understanding that if you're going out, and this I think applies to any job out there, right? If you're going out and kind of doing everything that someone else is doing or that the average person is doing, it's going to be hard for you to stand out. So in a situation where there are, you know, way more drivers than needed, right? You kind of have to be able to stand out. So I don't know that that's exactly exciting, but I do think it's exciting in a way that, you know, it creates, you know, one of the things I love about Uber and Lyft is that it creates so many opportunities for drivers, right? And, you know, as demand comes back, there's still going to be a number of driving jobs. And I think the more you treat it like a business, the more you look for these tangential opportunities, the more you can take advantage of it. You know, we, we, we don't feature these stories all the time, but, you know, I've met drivers who have, you know, uh, raised money for their new company from one of their Uber and Lyft passengers. You know, I've met drivers who are going out, you know, meeting spouses, you know, all, all of these kind of cool stories that maybe aren't the norm, but I think it is uh, cool how drivers can take advantage of it. So those are some of the things I'm excited about for sure. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely get some good stories out of it. That's that, that's that's a <laughs> I mean, I mean, that, that that's a perfect example, Alec. To be honest, right? I mean, especially in the, you know nowadays, Uber is a little more you know got a few more gray hair gray hairs, so people aren't asking about what it's like to be a driver as much in my kind of personal <laughs> life. But especially early on, you know, I was driving and new my, my first rides happened in Newport Beach, California, which is a big beach kind of college town. Um, you know, a lot of young, good-looking people having a lot of fun. Probably very similar to the Jersey Shore, but opposite coast and. Uh, you know, that was, you know, if anything, it was like, all right, if I do this job for six months, I'm going to have some amazing stories for the rest of my life. So, you know, that's the other thing, right? For me, I'm kind of a glass half full type of guy. So I'm always looking for the, uh, you know, the positives out of anything. But, you know, maybe it ends up that you start driving for Uber and Lyft. You do it for six to 12 months. And, you know, that's you kind of extract the maximum value out of it. You know, you get your stories, you make a little money and you're on to the next thing. And I think that's totally OK. Um, so that, that's, you know, kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, definitely. And on that, I mean, you've scaled this thing up tremendously since you first started with it. It's awesome what you've done with it. Where do you plan on taking it? What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future? Yeah, sure. So it's funny because I started driving for Uber and Lyft you know, almost six years ago now. I was working full time as an aerospace engineer for Boeing at the time and just started driving for Uber and Lyft on the side like a lot of other people, nights and weekends and holidays. And, you know, I'm not really driving that much anymore. These days I run the blog and the business full time. But I think what I'm seeing a lot of interesting opportunities, clearly people know me and the site, the rideshare guy for the Uber and Lyft angle, right? They sort of know, OK, if you've got Uber and Lyft on your mind, you're going to find us pretty quickly through any sort of Google, you know, Amazon, YouTube search. That's really our goal to be anywhere and everywhere. But I think that that's kind of the top of the funnel. So I really want to keep up the Uber and Lyft side of things and covering that industry. That should be no problem. But I think expanding it to other areas, whether it's kind of directly in the gig economy. So food delivery is obviously a big one right now. So that's something we're covering a lot right now. What are those related opportunities? And not only food delivery, but just anything logistics based, right? I think a lot of people excuse me, a lot of people need and want and like things delivered. And that trend is only going to increase in the future. So that means more people, robots, vehicles, you know, all these different things that need to help facilitate a lot of that. And then I think kind of even more tangentially from there, it's about understanding what services can we potentially or information can we potentially provide to our audience? Okay, they come to us as Uber and Lyft drivers, but how are they leaving us? Are they leaving us as realtors? Are they leaving us as entrepreneurs? What can we help them with? What, you know, basically, uh, you know, I guess you would even say like what products or services do they need in their, you know, general life, right? If there's we one one area we're looking at right now is kind of like financial products and services. So this would be things like budgeting and net worth trackers and you know cash back apps and all of this stuff because obviously everyone cares about money and especially as an Uber and Lyft driver, you know if you're only making fifteen to twenty bucks an hour, all of that stuff I would say matters even more. And so you know we're just kind of exploring what other verticals basically we can serve our audience. Yeah, exciting stuff, Harry, because I mean, j- just not that long ago, there was no such thing as uh, Uber and Lyft. And now look at how far all of this has come. So uh, I know a lot of the dads out there have so many questions about it. You're the guy to see about it. So I will again, once uh, I will put the link down there for all of my listeners to go check it out. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Harry, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? 
Sure. So I guess my advice would be to just really be in the moment. You know, I'm not, and I think I will say, <laughs> I, I think dads are better than this, than moms. And, you know, I, a lot of times I see people, you know, they're taking pictures or taking photos, right? And they're, they're sort of, you know, I think sometimes it's okay to just kind of sit there and, you know, relax, to chill, you know, and sort of enjoy what your child or what your kid is up to without having to photograph every second, right? Because, you know, what I found a lot of times, if you're taking hundreds of pictures or thousands of videos or whatever it might be, you may not, you know, most people don't even actually go back and view them. So what I do, you know, I don't take a ton of pictures, but I do try to set a reminder once a year to like go back into my photos and actually just review um, the the pictures that I took over the past year. And of course, mainly they're of my kids, but that's just, you know, it's even like, I don't even really like taking pictures, but when I do, I still try to kind of be in the moment and kind of relive that moment. Like if I'm, I try to do everything with a purpose, right? So if I'm taking a photo of my child, you would assume that it's so that you could look at it in the future, right? And so I try to do that, right? So I only, you know, it kind of makes me think, even though digital photos are cheap and easy and free, right? Um, when I do take a photo, it's like, all right, I want, this is a photo that I want to look at in the future, right? So I just sort of keep that in mind and be present. And, uh, you know, obviously you, you know, you, you can have multiple kids, but I do think what I've noticed from having the first to the second is that, you know, like, frankly, like some of these milestones and some of these things happening, you care a lot more the first time. Right. And, you know, when my second child, Henry, he just rolled over the other day for the first time, it was cool, but I don't think I had the same feeling as when my first son did it. And, you know, it's only natural to kind of, you know, the second time around, you're not going to have the exact same feelings. So, uh, you know, by, by the third or fourth or fifth kid, if we have it, you know, those feelings will be even more diminished. So I think it's more important than ever just that first time around, uh, you know, to kind of enjoy it, be in the be in the moment and be present. Good stuff. Yeah, I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Harry Campbell, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Appreciate it. Take care. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Harry Campbell for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. A lot more action still to come your way this week. Wednesday on the podcast, Lou Dobbs of Fox Business will be here with me. And Friday, I'm going to close it out with a Frogman Friday edition of the podcast here. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out which Navy SEAL will be joining me here this week. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feeling so.